So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. So, I want to start by saying thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Sarah Smith. Had an absolute blast with you on there. You killed it and look forward to having you on again down the road. So, now for episode 42 of Easy Conversations. Matt and I back in the building. Matt, say what's up to the people. What's up, everyone? Hope everyone listened to the uh, Fast and Furious episode. I had a blast recording that and it was an amazing episode. It was yeah. to pump our own tires. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Ah. We're allowed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for this episode, we decided to just do more of a um, open concept, uh, free flow discussion format. We haven't done an episode in like almost a month now at the time of recording. So we're recording this the Friday before this will drop. So it last minute a little bit but there's a lot to talk about and it'll be kind of like a catch-up for matt and i that you get to enjoy so we're going to go over this following subject so some movies tv shows music sports and um, miscellaneous other topics see how it goes but yeah a lot to um, to dissect and get into so i figured we could start off with um, movies to start um sounds good yeah i'll start off by saying I've been a little slow on movies in August, but I mean, slow for me is still like a good like 20 to 30 movies. (laughs) And I just want to highlight maybe three movies that I've watched, first time watches that I would recommend to everyone. And they're uh, all on Netflix or Crave TV. So very accessible. So the first movie I watched that I would recommend is uh, Searching, starring John Cho from Harold and Kumar. It's, It's like it's a thriller movie. But the whole movie is presented through like our our main character's webcam and computer and his computer screen, and he's trying to find his daughter who's gone missing. And that's all I'll say. The movie had me on the edge of my seat, and I loved it. Like very, I didn't know like twists and turns, and it's very very engaging movie. So that's the first one, Searching. Have you heard of it, Eric? No, I haven't. And I can't really see John Cho oh. in that kind of role, but good for him kind of stepping out of his comfort zone. And uh... He excels in that role, actually. He has yeah. a, the dad who's really like doing everything to find his daughter. I personally really liked it. Blew me away. So the second movie is called Fighting With My Family. Have you heard of this one? I've heard of it. Who's okay. in it again? It's Florence Pugh. Uh, from she was she nominated for an Oscar last year. She's um, she plays real life wrestler, uh, Paige. So it's basically the story, the true story on Paige's upbringing into the wrestling world because she was like one of the top divas in the early in the mid two thousands. So it's about her and her family of res- her wrestling family who are a little psychotic, and then her rise in the WWE and the Rock's in it as himself. Vince Vaughn's in it as a as a, a wrestling coach, and it's just a really good coming of, come not coming of age, but like coming into her profession and like all the obstacles she had to overcome. And it's a very funny movie, and that's what, that's the big thing about the movie. It's very funny. Okay, right yeah. on. I actually have heard. I remember seeing yeah. the trailer for it. It's a new movie, right? Yeah, last, last year. year. Okay. Last year. Yeah, I do remember The Rock. That was gonna be my question, but mm-hmm. covered it nicely. And The Rock was excellent in the movie, even like his three scenes. Uh, and that actress actually was in three movies last year, and this was one of them. And like, she, she she's gonna have a huge career. The third movie is an older movie from like 2015 called Whiplash. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I rewatched Whip. It was only my the my third time watching it actually, and probably my my favorite watch so far of it. I loved every minute of it. 
the movie's like almost two hours, but it flew by so fast because I was so engaged. And Whiplash needs to be seen by everyone. It's just a fantastic acting and like a, a small movie, but a great movie. Agreed 100%. Yeah. It was one of my honorable mentions for, I think it's 2014. I think I got you 2014, there for the year yeah. release for once. But uh, yeah, <laughs> great movie. I think I've seen it twice as well. So I would be due for a third watch because yeah, it's been years since I've seen it the second time there. And yeah, definitely an amazing movie and opened my eyes to Miles Teller as an actor. Mm-hmm. I always kind of wrote him off as a, a not serious or a very um, credible actor. But he shines in that movie for sure. True. He was like, you think of him as like a mo- uh, an actor in those like teen romance movies, yeah. but he's amazing in it. And the movie's aged really well. And I think will continue to age well. Like another movie that aged really well was A Social Network. I don't know yeah. if you've, yeah. yeah I've like, seen it like once, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those, like a lot of dialogue, but so engaging. Okay. Uh, so those are the, those are the three movies I wanted to highlight because I, everyone should see them. Um, and now like we're slowly getting into the theaters are slowly opening back up and finally some new releases. So that's getting me really excited. I haven't been to the theater in six months, which is like, I've, that's never happened in my life. Drought. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the first movie I'm really excited for is Tenant, Christopher Nolan's new movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it too. I mean, I'm a fan of trailers that don't give that, that don't give you a lot which the trailers I've seen anyways of Tenet have been successful in not really revealing what the main plot points are. It looks super confusing, which is what you would expect from a Christopher Nolan movie. I'm intrigued, but my I'm kind of skeptical of, is this going to be a little too complex and over-complicated? That I'm, I know I'm going to leave the theater with a million questions, and probably going to have to look up Tenet Ending Explained and watch a 25-minute video to understand the movie. But great directors like Christopher Nolan do make it worthwhile to go see that movie in theater. I, I didn't get, I didn't see Dunkirk in theaters or didn't see it at all, actually. Which is one of the movies that I feel like isn't that revered from his fan base. But I love, um, like, obviously the Dark Knight trilogy. We won't get into it, Matt. But, um, <laughs> like, and in my opinion, I know, I've, I think I've said this already on the pod, but I think, in my opinion, Inception is a bit overrated. And I'm seeing shades of Inception in the concepts that we're seeing in the trailer. So we'll see. I'll still go see it. Because, like you said, it's the first major movie to be released in theaters since, like, post-COVID. Or- like, since The Invisible Man in March. That was the big movie that came out. <laughs> Did uh, you see that movie? Or? Yeah, I loved it. It was good. Okay. But you a lot. You said a lot. A lot to digest there. And first off, I one Dunkirk. Yes, is one of my least favorite Nolan movies. I was a little disappointed. But we won't get into Dunkirk. That'll be another time. Uh, in, uh, Inception, Inception, and Interstellar. If you remember those trailers, they sh- they did not show at all. Like. I remember the Inception trailer. You're like, what the heck is going to be in this movie? You see like buildings folding on each other and stuff. And Interstellar, you're like, okay, it's a space movie. What's going to happen? So Tenet's, I think it's like Tenet will be like that third movie that's like those other two where you're going to need to rewatch it. And I've rewatched Interstellar and loved it more the second time. I'm going to go into Tenet really like open-minded and not have any expectations because that destroys movies for us, I think, is the expectation after seeing the trailer. And uh, for saying Inception's overrated, maybe a little, actually, because it gets loved by, like, it, there's no criticism to it. And he, 
you maybe you may have something there. Hot take. Yeah. Because I haven't, I wasn't blown away when I rewatched it. Yeah, and I've seen it quite a few yeah. times, like at least three times. Yeah. That's enough times to make a sound yeah. judgment call on it. Yeah. Inter- I loved Interstellar though. That's definitely an amazing mm-hmm. movie. Still complicated with the ending, especially there, like the fourth dimension. Or- and we and you said the Dark Knight trilogy, but I want to highlight another trilogy of movies of Nolan's that no one talks about: Memento, Insomnia, and The Prestige. Those are all his movies, and. They're all really great. Memento being my favorite movies movie of his, actually. Uh, so no, fabulous director. I just I gotta go see all his new movies in the theater. So very excited for Tenant. Mm. I, like I said, I'm excited yeah. to see it as well. Um, solid cast. I mean, mm. John David Washington. Yeah, like is he gonna be like his dad now? Like big movies. So. I mean, I I have only seen him in uh, Black Klansman, which I loved. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Him mm-hmm. and Adam Driver had a great. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod since I watched it. Like that was one of the movies I watched during quarantine. So yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, a little absolutely. Bit. That was a fantastic movie. Super funny, great acting, and I was hooked the whole time. You're kind of expecting um big things to happen there with. The, um, so John David Washington and Adam Driver both play the same identity um, to infiltrate the KKK, essentially. Um, jump in where I'm missing stuff here. I've no, no, that's but... exactly what it is. It's based on a true story. And uh, John David Washington is the identity over the phone. And Adam Driver is the one that shows up in person, obviously. And they're just scamming the guys and like... Just want to see what the plans are of the KKK. It's just a really good undercover story movie, and we've seen that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the do you remember like the last few shots that Spike Lee chose to put in the movie of the actual the footage? That yeah. that floored me actually. Mm-hmm. That really upset me after the movie. I was like, I can't believe he did that. Mm-hmm. I was and yeah, still upsetting. Super it was upsetting today, exactly. Right? So. Wow. And that's something we can we'll talk about I think a little later on in the episode. There we'll start with the movie an- analysis and stuff there. But yeah. like when we get into the sports talk, we'll definitely get into that a little more. But to transition, you said um, good cast in Tenet. Robert Pattinson's yeah, in Tenet, and Robert Pattinson's going to be in a huge movie next year. Is my call, The Batman. Uh, thoughts on the trailer, Eric? Uh, blown away it looked amazing i mean going into this movie i wasn't really skeptical of robert pattinson being cast as batman because by that point i had seen him in good time and the lighthouse i think those are the only two real uh, serious movies i've seen him in and he's amazing in both Mm. of them and he's definitely lost the reputation of being a like the twilight actor he's definitely a credible actor now and a role like batman is something that we haven't really seen him in, or I haven't seen him in anyways. And from what I saw in the trailer, star-studded cast mm-hmm. looks very raw, grimy, gritty. And based on the one action sequence we get, where he basically like beats the man to death in the trailer, I would hope that this movie is rated R and features some very brutal violence that Batman has shown to be capable of in comics. I know there's a, a darker rendition of Batman in one of the um, comic arcs, and that's what I'd like to see on screen with this Batman. In the descriptions I've read, is that this is Robert Pattinson's, or Bruce Wayne's second year as Batman, so still struggling with his role in society and um, finding out where he fits in as the vigilante that is Batman. 
So we won't be seeing the origin story that we've already seen a couple of times, hmm. or at least once anyways, with the Dark Knight trilogy. So that I'm happy we won't see that again. Maybe we'll see some flashbacks again of his parents getting killed, but I hope not that we just move past it. Yeah, Everyone knows it. Exactly. It's like the Spider-Man. We didn't need to see Spider-Man. it again with Tom Holland, right? Yeah. That was a great thing that they did. They didn't even go over Uncle Ben and all that, but that's besides the point, but also related. So anyways, all this to say, I'm extremely excited for it. It's the movie I'm the most excited for next year at this time anyways um yeah can't wait what about you yeah well next year is gonna have a quite a slate of movies because of the ones that were supposed to come out this year but after so the trailer dropped and i just heard like it blew up over the internet i was hearing people talking about it at work and then i'm like okay i'm gonna watch it because i don't like watching trailers but i had to be in the know like i had to know because there's one thing i read that made me watch the trailer someone said oh it's like a mix between Batman and the movie seven. And I'm like, what really? I'm like, I don't know. So I had to check out the trailer and it might not, I don't think that's totally true. That statement, not too similar to the movie seven, but I get it's the world that's in the trailer, like the dark grimy, like nighttime. And what captivated me the most was it reminded me of like the Joker movie. Like I feel like it's going to be more of a serious Batman movie and not cartoony like the DC ones. And I really liked Robert Pattinson's voice because that's like Mm. big, like people criticize any Batman that comes out. It's okay. What, what does the Batman voice sound like? Um, I looked at the cast and like one of my favorite actors, Colin Farrell. Unrecognizable. uh, Yeah. And um, what's her name? Zoe Kravitz. I always love her. Um, no, I'm just the director Matt Reeves is a good director, so I have I'm fully like committed to this movie. I'm gonna be really excited. Um, yeah, we have to wait a while, but I mean this year's speeding by really fast. It is right <laughs> already it's September by the time this will be out. Yeah, essentially, crazy. Um, also Jeffrey Wright we've mentioned before. Mm. Andy Serkis I mm-hmm. feel like will be a great Alfred. Oh. I, I like just hearing his voice in the trailer. We don't I don't think we see him in the trailer, but he sounds like Alfred. Like, mm-hmm. It's a textbook i know michael kane was fantastic as uh, alfred there but i think andy circus he's no jeremy irons anyways i I wasn't a huge fan Uh, of him as uh, as alfred but we're just gonna look past that whole saga of batman but yeah i'm I'm excited for robert pattinson's batman batman and jeffrey wright like we talked about him last time we just talk about best 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 actor nobody knows like oh um so that also leads to the other dc trailers that dropped this weekend or last weekend, which I didn't watch any other than the Batman. And I watched the Snyder cut justice league just because my friends were talking about it there. I haven't even seen justice league. So I might watch the Snyder cut justice league just because everyone's so excited for it, but it's looking like a four hour movie or something to put the Irishman to shame. But, but But here's why people are excited and they have reason to be batman versus superman donna justice how long is that movie two two twenty two thirty uh how long is man of steel like two two hours ten minutes mm-hmm. justice league they literally told snyder they're like we want this two hours like just two hours and he's like are you kidding me that's r- stupid and then snyder obviously couldn't finish the movie and then josh whedon made his cut of two hours and the movie's like a train wreck because it's too short there's no explanation for anything so maybe a four-hour cut is actually like, that's what the fans, I think it's needed, actually. I'm not even joking. I think it would be a much better movie, three hours, four hours. Divided into two parts, I don't care. It will be much better because 
those who have seen the Justice League movie knows it's so rushed. It's like you're thrown into the movie and then the ending already happens and you're like, oh, this is it? Okay. Okay. So it's like you're getting an introduction to all these characters like Aquaman, a Flash. A mile a minute. A few others, I believe. like the, uh, Cyborg. The Cyborg. Is there another one too that you haven't no. seen yet? So no, that, just those three. So that's still three characters that in the span yeah. of two hours you're just introduced to these people kind of out of the blue. So yeah, they need their own mm-hmm. little slots to introduce themselves. Okay, Preferably their own movie, which yeah. they, they, they screwed it all up, DC. They should have had a Flash movie, Cyborg movie before... And an Aquaman movie before Justice League. No, they rushed it. They wanted to like take take some of the Marvel pie, you know, at the box office. Right. Which the Marvel pie was baked by having a slow cooked process to introduce all these characters before the Avengers, right? So exactly. Well said. Well said. It's off the top, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's them. Um, and then there was also Wonder Woman, which I did not watch the trailer for. I don't know about you because I already know a lot going into the movie. And I don't want to see, like, I'm not going to say any spoilers there for what villains may look like and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see any of that, which thankfully I haven't seen yet. And I don't want more plot points than what I already know. In that, like, it's not really a spoiler there that Chris Kristen Pine's oh. character comes back. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how yet. And I don't know if they explain that in the trailer, but I don't want to know. I want to just go into the theater and see how they're going to explain that. But I'm I'm excited for it. I think that's coming out in October. I'm yes, I'm excited too, but I haven't seen the trailers. I'm staying away. The only time I really watch trailers is if I'm in my theater seat and I have to. Mm. And like the Batman where everyone was talking about it. Okay. Yeah. So that that was I don't know, did you watch like Suicide Squad? I I, nope. I have no intention of yeah. seeing the second one. Severely disappointed by the first one. Oh man, I think I saw it on opening day with yeah. Zach and we, we were super pumped for yeah. it and walked out of there both in agreement that this was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in our lives. Yeah. And actually, so just to, if you wanted to add anything on the movie talk, all the other point I wanted to make was in relation to movies in general is that I haven't watched any really in the last month at least. The last movie I remember watching is the movie called Downhill. Starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. How was that? You can loop that in with the likes of Suicide Squad. And that is one of the worst (laughs) movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, no. So that's all I have to say on that movie. Train wreck from the start. Just terrible movie. There's nothing else really to say. Directed and written and directed by Jim Rash, the dean in Community. Lost some respect for him because of that one. But anyways, that's my spiel on movies. Oh, I'm sorry you had to watch that train wreck. So am I. I hate that feeling of wasting yeah. your time on a f- abomination. Yeah, it was a family night too. My dad uh, walked out like 40 minutes and he, had, he made the right call. We stuck uh, through it the rest of the movie. It was horrible. Uh, you got to finish what you start. I mean, <laughs> I rarely I rarely end, stop a movie and just like, I have to finish it. Yeah. Uh. That's where we differ, I guess. But then again, I did watch the whole thing. So. Well, that sucks. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is a ter- like Emmy-winning actress multiple times, and oh, she couldn't save the movie. No, and neither could Will Ferrell, who is really on mm. the downslope of his career now. In Holmes his... and Watson, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I think everything he's released past 2013 has been garbage. Have you heard of that one on Netflix he's in with Rachel McAdams? No intention the... of watching that. <laughs> looks so bad. Post Downhill, I'm not watching another Will Ferrell movie. Oof. Even if they come out with like Step Brothers 2, it's sure to be a disappointment, like Anchorman 2 was. Mm. Oh. 
Well it's said. Brutal movie. I never seen the second one. Yeah, yeah good call. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen any TV shows recently? Catching up on that? Or? Yes. So I again, same thing with movies for TV shows. I took a little break from TV in general just because it was summer. A lot of other stuff going on, and mm. sports came back, so mm-hmm. wasn't really high on my list to watch TV or movies. But so uh, last week I crushed this show called The Morning Show on Apple TV. Have yeah. you seen it? I've heard of it. No, I heard good things about it great show yeah really so i only really know steve carell from his comedic roles so the office four-year-old virgin anchorman one great movie um and and bruce almighty but this show this show yeah puts steve carell in a very serious role in which i'll just give a quick rundown of the plot this is explained in like the first five ten minutes of the show so steve carell and jennifer aniston both play news anchors on the most popular um morning news show in america called the morning show so at the start of the show we receive the news that or everyone at the network receives the news that steve carell's character mitch kessler has been fired for sexual misconduct in the workplace so multiple women have came for come forth submitted like allegations against his character so Jennifer Aniston now must become the lead anchor for the morning show and they seek to find a replacement for Mitch, so Steve Carell's character. And um, Reese Witherspoon's also in the show. Billy Crudup is in the show as well. I hadn't seen him in anything. He kills it in the show. And uh, there's another actor as well, Mark Duplis, I think. Yeah, I was just looking on my phone at the cast. Uh, I've seen him in like some horror movies and comedies, actually. He's pretty versatile actually loved his character as well so all this to say it's a show that deals with very serious subject matter that made that made for an uncomfortable viewing experience at times Mm. for better i would say because it definitely opens your eyes to the hardships that happen in the workplace in almost every setting professional whether that be professional workplace setting or even in social interactions between men and women and i think it's a very important show that talks about mental health ptsd there's so many little stories going on at the same time the women that have spoken against steve carell's character you see them deal with what he's put them through how he tries to play the victim in the me too movement and um there's just a lot of uh, stuff to unpack from it, and it would benefit from another viewing and doing some oh. further reading on it. But uh, yeah, I would strongly recommend this show. Wow, that's okay. Yeah, I'm, my interest has peaked a lot now because I thought it was gonna more lighthearted or funny. So but... it is funny. There's a lot of humor in it actually. Okay. But it's not lighthearted. And, oh wow. Um, very. There's some uncomfortable scenes in the show. But they're uncomfortable because they're truths that we don't really want to acknowledge or be aware of kind of thing. And it's definitely opened my eyes, like I said, to some of the stuff that happens in life every day that gets kind of brushed or swept under the rug. Yeah, it gets dismissed by some people like, oh, it's just this. But no, I love shows like that that take what's going on in the real life and portray or illustrates it like they put their spin on it. Not their spin, but they're showing it to us through a show political like themes and i love that and then you can look back and watch it like 30 years ago and it's a time capsule almost mm-hmm. no i love that political stuff so yeah, i would strongly recommend mm. anyone who has apple plus yeah or would... uh, if you can find a stream somewhere there but it's definitely good 
And I love like Jennifer Aniston was praised for her role in this show. And, she killed it. And Reese, great actress. They were sisters and friends, so that's kind of funny. Right, actually. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's true. I, I just thought of that, yeah. Yeah, nice. Steve Carell has, like, like he's not funny at all. He's, like, dead. No, he, is, he actually is kind of funny, but he's an absolute scumbag oh, okay. in the show that is likable and was able to get away with his behavior for years because he was so likable. But oh. when you start to discover more about his character, you realize that, yeah, he's a scumbag. And um, I'd love to see him in that role, actually, then. Really I good. love when actors do that. Mm-hmm. They're like they're cast against type, like they're typecast. Oh, I love that. That's what like makes you a great actor. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Aniston crushes uh, it. I've never really seen her in a role that's outside of the rom com mm-hmm. realm, mm-hmm. which this role really is for her. Again, she is funny, but also very serious. And there's the political intrigue of trying to rise in the workplace as well. The dynamics between her male superiors and how she's trying to carve a place for herself in this male dominated um media world media like, world yeah. exactly like you see like the old white men on the board a staffing board a board of directors i mean mm-hmm. but she's the one who really makes audience members tune into the show and she uses that to her advantage to leverage um power in the there's a lot going on I, like, i'm just scratching the surface yeah, yeah, yeah. To, okay. as to how much is going on in the show That's like i awesome. said there's a it's an ensemble cast really Mm -hmm. and there's so many little stories going on and dynamics and i hope i think they did get renewed for another season i'm interested to see what they're going to do with it there but okay it's on my radar now just got to get apple tv this might be something that convinced me or yeah i think i've hyped it up enough and it's probably a quick like quick 10 episodes easy walk yeah 10 episodes i love that the episodes are almost all an hour to an hour and 20 long some of them are like an hour and 10 an hour 15 the finale is an hour 10 an hour and 10 but it was really good so that's my first show i have one more but i've been talking about this one for too long so i'll start off with this yeah I'll, i'll talk about two shows and i'll save my the my favorite one for last but the first one i want to talk about it's on netflix there's currently four seasons of this show it's called animal kingdom just quickly it's about it's about a boy who loses his mother this is like in the first 10 minutes he loses his mother to a heroin overdose so then he calls his grandmother and he's like grandmother like my mom just died like i have nowhere to go so she's like hey come stay with me gets to his grandmother's house his grandmother played by ellen barkin a phenomenal actress her grandmother has four boys, so the, our main character has four uncles, and they're all living in this huge house, and they're basically criminals, and they rob stuff, and you find that out pretty quick, so it's kind of bringing our, our, our main character into this criminal world and introducing him to all these things like money and stuff because he came from a poor background, so you got like four completely different uncles that are have different like personalities and stuff and their own agendas all run by like the matriarch, which is their mom who controls everything. So it's really interesting. I would compare the show to Sons of Anarchy, Mm. but lighter, not as like brutal and violent, but it has the same, like there's a lot of criminal activity going on, you know, parties, violence. It's, I wasn't sure after the first season, but then I blew by the other three and I was like, this is a great show. And yeah. Right now that sounds amazing. Definitely, I like a good show with some um, criminal mm-hmm. robbery going on yeah. there. And like, have, you, you haven't seen Fargo, right? No. Okay, because it kind of sounds like the mom in season two of Fargo okay. is like the yeah. 
she runs the criminal yeah. act organization there with it's a family organization as yeah. well there so that sounds cool yeah it's really and the setting is like uh, uh like near the beach in california right and there's like surfing and like they they kind of like not run the little town but kind of like they're they're well known in the town this family you know like don't mess with them okay. so it's kind of got a and it has and and then you go into side stories with the brothers and our main character um so it doesn't actually revolve around animals in a kingdom it's an it's an animal i mean the the show is based on an australian movie of the same name animal kingdom which is based on a true crime family in australia okay. so it's all like it's yeah, they're in an animal. It's basically the show is survival of the fittest, and they show it so many times in the show. Like you got to do this to survive. So that's my first show. Awesome, yeah. that sounds interesting. Taylor Kitsch or Critch is in it, right? Is he or am I no, way off? Um, yeah. No, you would recognize some of the like one of the brothers is in the show Vikings. One of the brothers is Scott Speedman, who is in mm. some like in the Underworld movies. Um. Each brother you would recognize. They've okay. been in other movies. Scott's. And then the, our main character actually is a British actor, I think, and he's in Peaky Blinders as well. He plays a younger brother in Peaky Blinders, which is a phenomenal British show. Okay. Um, he's really good. Yeah. And like I said, the mom's played by Ellen Barkin, who, if you don't know her, she just like she was a big actress in the eighties, nineties. Okay, no, nice. I'm definitely intrigued now. It mm-hmm. sounds like a good Netflix show to get on. And it's not super... Like, you can just watch it with your brain turned off. You don't have to... It's not super complicated. Okay. You just... You don't have to pay 100% attention. Good, good like, popcorn fun, you know? Okay. Turn nice. your brain off. Enjoy, like, the awesomeness. Okay. Dope. Yeah. You have oh. your next show? Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Oh, I can go again. Yeah, I'll go again, and then you okay. turn... Okay. Now this second show, this show like came out in 2011 and I remember hearing about it and like how crazy, outrageous, funny, dark, all these things that it was like, I'm like, what, what are you guys watching? And over the years, I would always see clips of the show when I was playing on, uh, I don't remember which channel it was playing on. Anyways, maybe like Showtime. Anyways, doesn't matter. The show is called Shameless. Have oh, you heard yeah. of it? I've seen like up to oh, season six or seven. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. So I right now I'm on season three okay. and I, I'm loving it. But man, is it a polarizing show? Like I'm laughing one moment and then like shaking my head the next going, what are they doing? Like Frank. <laughs> Frank Gallagher. Frank's an all-time oh, scumbag. Oh, God. I love the character, like all the, the family and... I'm really into it right now. Like I've been binging like a season per week almost. Like I'm going hard on it. And I want to watch all nine seasons on Netflix. And then okay. there's a tenth one that just came out. I think. Okay. Uh, but no. Okay, you've seen the show. What do you think? So I I loved Shameless yeah. up until the point where I didn't because now this isn't really spoiling anything. But as is the case in any show that has a long run, mm-hmm. you kind of maybe become it comes oversaturated or you, you kind of just get sick of seeing kind of the same, but different, but same. So it's repetitive then it is kind of repetitive and you kind of lose interest in following or wanting to know what happens, what happens with these characters. Like, um, since you're only at season three, I won't say anything there with like, no, thank you. Yeah. Anyways, but I loved it though. I I was hooked probably the same thing as you. I was crushing it like a season a week. I'm hooked now. Yeah. It's super funny. There's very interesting character dynamics and relationships and the fan, the whole family is extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved Fiona Fiona, lip. 
Um, who Ian, else is there? There's Ian, Ian Debbie. Yeah, Carl. Well, I, know, I know Ian. I forgot his name though. Yeah. Wasn't a huge fan. Carl's good. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Debbie so far? Like, what's her story? Well, like I know, so far? I know she pretty much grows up on the show because she starts off at like eleven or twelve or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, right now, I like her, but I can see it getting maybe annoying because they're gonna like probably create a lot of problems for her life. Like the writers probably added a lot of stuff to her story arc. So I don't know. I'm a just I'm a huge Fiona fan though. Like oh, yeah. I can't Fiona's take my great. Emmy Rossum is absolutely gorgeous and oh yeah. I'm a big fan of the neighbors too. Kevin and Veronica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin. I forgot uh, his name. Kevin's yeah. great, and I like Veronica as yeah. well. But but William H Macy as Frank. Oh my. god. God, yeah. he does such a great job because I just despise his character. And every time a tiny he gets a tiny bit of redemption, I'm like, no, it gets taken away yeah, instantly like by something. Yeah, but that's the <sighs> the great thing about his character is that he's so polarizing and it's up and down how you feel about him. Like you love to hate yeah. him and you love him at the same yeah. time. No, um, definitely a great show. I think it was Showtime. It was Showtime. Yeah. yeah, and like one of the only shows that I'm la- almost peeing myself laughing. One moment, and then like there's a serious moment, and I'm like super emotional, and I'm like, what's going on? There's some crazy highs and stuff, lows, yeah. yeah. And when and when we say crazy, like we're talking like it's it's a very explicit show, actually. Like yeah. I don't I watch it by myself. I don't want it's pretty cringy in some moments. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I mean, it was like three years ago that I okay. watched it, and then stopped around that time as well. But no, yeah, it's a good show for sure. Funny, mm-hmm. serious. Hits a lot of the notes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's my kind of humor. Yeah. Not everybody's humor. Yeah. It's very, like, outrageous humor. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Dark humor. A lot of dark humor, mm-hmm. which I love. But for oh, sure. Um, yeah. well, no, there's some good stuff coming okay, for you. Okay. Don't worry. Like, yeah. I don't want to discourage you no, and no. stop in a watch. Because people, some people still love it all the way through season 9 or 10. Right. I'm going to uh, watch it all. Like, yeah. 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 Right on. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, my last show now that I'm watching right now that I actually started last night okay. is another Apple TV show. Uh, it's called Ted Lasso. Have you seen trailers for this? No, I have no idea what it is. Okay. It's with Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis, however you pronounce it. And I had seen a lot of trailers leading up to the release of this show on um, YouTube, on TV, whatever, and thought this looked like absolute garbage and it looked like an absolute joke last night i just typed it up i was looking for another show to watch and on apple tv saw it was there looked up the ratings and it was like an 8.5 review yeah 8.5 out of 10 on imdb so that's pretty good very good and um i decided like why not i'll just fire it up see how it is and it's overall i'll just say what it's about first of all there it's this in a nutshell this american football div 2 coach in college is hired to coach a Premier League football, so soccer club in England. So completely different sport, different continent. He has no familiarity with foot soccer, and he's hired kind of as a um, as a joke by the new owner of the team to spite her ex husband. That's in a nutshell why oh, she hired okay, him. Okay, and. It's a super good show so far. I'm wow. loving it. I've watched five episodes. If the whole season was up, I would have crushed it all by now. Great feel-good show. It's super funny. Rated R, so you got some oh, okay. good F-bombs in there. And not some outrageous humor. Like, there's nothing... No crude humor so far, anyways. And Jason Sudeikis' character is just a very jolly, happy-go-lucky character. Salt-of-the-earth guy. 
and just ma- watching his character interact with other characters and just in positive in interactions makes me wish I was like that a little more. Not that I think I'm a cold person, but just shows that there's room for growth in how you treat others and uh, how you'll get treated and um, be received in return. So um, all this to say, I love watching it. It's funny. It's um, just a happy, positive show that you definitely need. I need it after watching the morning show, which is kind of mm-hmm. the opposite of that, right? And um, equally important to remind yourself to not take yourself too seriously and to look to create relationships rather than burn bridges. Because like I said, he's brought in initially to fail. He's set up to fail in this situation and he kind of knows it as well, but he's making the best of his situation and is initially hated by the whole town who thinks that this is an absolute joke that an, a Div 2 college football American coach is hired to coach a premier soccer team. So, and then he starts to grow on the members of the media, the fans, the the owners, the players, etc. So again, I would definitely recommend 30-minute episodes. Oh, perfect. So very easily digestible and um, yeah, weekly releases. So I can't wait for next Friday just for the next episode. You know, I like these weekly release ideas because then I don't like you can keep up with the show so easily and you're not you don't feel rushed and someone who binged it all night can ruin it for you. Yep. But no, I like what you said about you need to watch some like shows like that to like like feel good shows. And I do that with movies all the time. Like I don't want to watch something super serious sometimes. I want to watch a movie that's like nothing bad happened. It's like a feel good movie. I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's really good for like, you know, my stress and everyone has stress and anxiety. Yep. So it's super important. And I really like Jason Sudeikis. Like I love them in Hall Pass. Mm-hmm. We're the Millers. Like Classics. I think he's hilarious actually. Like yeah. Hall Pass. Oh my God. Hall Pass is super I love underrated. Hall, I, I love Hall Pass. It doesn't get brought up that no, often in like the great modern comedies. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's very good. Yeah. Um, so again, Apple TV, big plug now, right here. Well, yeah. Now you're like slowly convincing me like there's, well, so far two shows you've talked about. And I bet you there's like dozens of shows. I don't know. There aren't that many to be oh, honest okay. so far. There's another one called so far, Defending yeah. Jacob, which I don't know if you've heard of it. It's with Chris Evans who Ooh. plays the DA in a small town in Massachusetts where his son is accused of murdering a fellow classmate. So then he needs to investigate the, the case. I haven't seen the show there, so I'm just secondhand. Yeah. They're getting big names, though, yeah. for all these shows. Oh, big That's time. huge. Yeah. So I'm going to probably add that to the list after as well. There's a lot of shows I want to watch, like Dead to Me. I don't know if you've seen that. I've Umbrella heard of it. Academy. No, I heard. Yeah. Oh, my my sister and mom seen the first two seasons. They love it. So there's a lot to watch. It's impossible to keep up with everything. Animal Kingdom L- now. L- like. I mean, I'd put Animal Kingdom lower on those <laughs> other shows. But there's, what you just said, it is literally impossible to keep yeah. up with like six streaming services and... And like have a full time job. Yeah, exactly. Even if you didn't have a full time job, you'd be hard pressed to keep up, especially with Netflix. Exactly. Oh, so yeah, that's my rundown of Ted Lasso. Good stuff. Yeah, you know what? Never, I've never, I had never heard of it until now, and I love when people bring up stuff that I've never heard of. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Because now, like, it's something I know about, and I will check out when the time comes. There you go. Maybe when the whole series is over, you know, just watch it all. Just crush. I'm it a all. big fan of that crushing the series like kind of goes against what you just said about liking the weekly releases though but <laughs> yeah but if the but unless the show is done <laughs> right, right yeah right. i don't like keeping up with the seasons like oh one episode of, like well, that's what i'm going through right uh, now 
right? Anyways, I know what you're saying. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's all uh, good. Yeah. Do you have another show for us? I mean, the other shows I watch. Ones? No, those are the only two shows I've been watching the last two months. Okay. Yeah. So we can segue into the next topic. Now, I wrote down a lot, to be honest, for music. I don't need to get into all of the artists that I've been listening to recently. But I do want to just kind of touch on four artists. I can loop them all together and then maybe talk about a few of them that have released what I would consider to be comeback material in the last month or two. So that would include most recently Nas, legendary artist, released an album called King's Disease, fully produced by Hit Boy, who himself is having a comeback. So he'd be looped in there. Then there's an artist called Vic Mensa. I don't know if you heard of him. Nope. So he came onto the scene in 2013 with Chance the Rapper. You know him? Yes. So they're cousins, I believe. And at the time, I thought Vic Mensa would end up being a bigger artist than Chance. That has not been the case. But I do still think that Vic Mensa is a better artist. His debut album was kind of lackluster. And being that he signed to Jay-Z's label, so there were still high expectations for it. And it wasn't that great. And he released two other projects after that and they really weren't good at all. So then he was really written off as someone who had failed to live up to his potential, but just dropped an album last week called the V tape. So for vendetta or vengeance, I don't know, but um, great stuff, just seven songs, but a solid album. And then J Cole, who I've been extremely critical of on the pod Mm -hmm. has dropped two songs called them. the Climb Back and Lion King on Ice, which were amazing songs. I don't know if you've heard them, but have me have restored my faith in whatever he's about to put out next, I hope anyways. And then Logic, who's who released his last album called No Pressure, which was great. I mean, I'm not listening to it that much, to be honest, but I, I listened to it a few times and I listened to it today just to make sure I still thought it was good. And it is very good. It's his best album in at least two years, being saying that he dropped like at least one album every year for the last six seven years so his material was kind of getting oversaturated but this one he really went took it back to basics and um, definitely delivered on what is his last album his retirement album so those would be all the projects i'm recommending for now i uh when you said oversaturated like do you prefer an artist to release an album every year that's like an 8 out of 10? Or would you rather wait 4 or 5 years for a 10 out of 10? Uh, maybe Quality over quantity. Maybe a little in between. I don't like waiting 4 or 5 years yeah. for an artist, to be honest. But I think 2 years is the preferable time to wait. Okay. And in saying that, I mean like if you dropped in 2018, drop in 2020. Not two full years away because okay. that's that'd be three by my logic. Yeah. But I, I don't mind a yearly release because there's some artists though like... I've spoken of on the pod before, Freddie Gibbs dropped in 2020, Alfredo, 2019, Bandana, 2018, Fetty. So those would be three albums I consider to be very good, Mm -hmm. if not some classic. So some artists can, others can't. And that is to their detriment. Like an artist like Future, for example, who drops at least one to two albums every year, has not been the same since 2015 and needs to take a break i mean take at least a year off if not two um if not four or five so it it really depends to be honest but no i think general rule of thumb for me would be two years but then there's some people who just don't miss so far 
in the Freddie Gibbses of the world. But most artists, like I think two years is good. So you started off with Nas. Like, how long had it been since his last album? So him, it was two years. With okay. he released an album with Kanye in twenty eighteen called Nazir, which was not good. Okay, I've only heard it once, and once was enough. Now this it's not yeah. good. Now this one, King's. Um, I was gonna disease. say thank you, King yeah. Speed. King's Disease. I listened to today actually, all in one shot, and I really, really liked it. I'm a huge Nas fan, but I, I'm that person that gets stuck to listening to like the older stuff that artists have put out. Like I'll only listen to the hits or mm. I'll only like stick to like my, my music from the nineties or early two thousands. And when I was getting into hip hop a while ago, I'd always be reading like, Oh, Nas is one of the best lyricists and like actual rappers in the game. Like the way he, like the way he raps is amazing. And just the way he sounds and this King's disease, like, this had been the new his new songs I listened to. I'm like, oh yeah, this I see shades of the old him in it a lot, and it was great because I've been stuck listening to Illmatic oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely a return to form, <laughs> and that's also a credit to Hit Boy who produced all the beats. Yeah. He gave him production that brought him back to that comfort zone, which is not a bad thing because, like you said, with Nas is. More recent stuff is not as good, I think, because of the production in parts. But now they were able to create a an atmosphere where he's comfortable and sounding like he was 26 years ago on Illmatic, right? 26, 27. So yeah. it was no, great, actually. Great. I've listened to it like five times since it's oh, wow. been out. And it, this one song flows on to the next seamlessly. Yeah. Would definitely recommend. And it's not very long. I think it's like 33 minutes or 37 minutes. Oh, perfect length. So, which is great. I think like an album, 40 minutes or less, may not seem like a lot, but it is more than enough time for an artist to tell you a story and mm-hmm. um, have some diversity in there as well. So I'd put Nas on the list for the best album this year since Alfredo, which is still my favorite album of the year. 40 minutes or 35 minutes exactly. So yeah. that's, a again, find that length, your money. I've but been Nas the, is up there. The more I listen to Alfredo, I I love it even more. Like I'll I'll say, oh, this so is my good. favorite song, and then I'll listen to like, like I listen to like Frank Lucas like a bunch of times. I'm like, Dang oh wait, that song's really so good. good. So I can't decide which one I like more. Um, but you said something interesting earlier. You said like pr- uh, the last one wasn't produced as well as this one was produced by Hit Boy, and that's I'm finding it more and more. It's so key to like a great album in hip hop. Like it's everything, yep. the sound, you can be the, the greatest rapper ever, but if you have crappy beats and I think that's why I like nineties hip hop, like some of these beats were like off the chart and like weird. Like, I love it. I don't know why we haven't seen a return to those kind of beats yet. Oh. To be honest to me, same thing as you, they're yeah. the most appealing uh-huh. and just like fun and yeah. bouncy and just like, I don't know. It's just so much better in my opinion. I think production will never compare to what was put out in the 90s. Fair enough. I still like some producers nowadays, Mm -hmm. but I think overall you can't go wrong at all on a 90s hip-hop record. The the beats are always fire, as they Mm -hmm. say. And that's the first thing Like some people hear before you even get to a verse or like eight bars. You'll hear the beat and like it or not. And if you don't like it, you might tune out of the song right away. So... Absolutely. It's your first impression of the song. Yep. Um, 
what is your favorite song on Alfredo? Quickly, if oh. right now you said Frank Lucas would be the one, it, I'd say Frank Lucas. But like before, it was uh, God is God is dead. God is perfect. God is perfect. Yeah, yeah. I knew it wasn't God is dead. I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> sound right. There's so many. I think the uh. intro, like 1985, is so Ooh. good. I I don't know. I think my favorite song is Skinny Shug, to be honest. I love the beat. It sounds like it's a sample from somewhere, but it's an original. And that's the next point I want to make is that in talking about how important production is, I think a lot of the better albums out nowadays come from single producer albums on which the rapper collaborates with only one producer. Maybe a couple of others provide additional production, but every song is executive produced by the one producer. So Alfredo is Freddie Gibbs rapping over Alchemist Beats, who is one of the best producers in the game. So, and I'm starting to notice that like Alchemist, geez, he's a legend and he's been killing it since like the nineties as well. So I think that's something I would, I'd like to see more of is artists going over just one producer's production and um, makes for a better product in my opinion. But yeah, that's pretty much all I'm really listening to right now. Did you have any um, artists you wanted to shed some light on or stuff you're looking forward to? I wrote down a couple of stuff and things I'm looking forward to. Well, I'll, I'll be quick because honestly, the only new stuff I listen to is the stuff you tell me to listen okay. to. Like I don't do any research and I should, but I'm I'm very much stuck into listening to older, uh, older not older artists, but like the artist's earlier work. That's fair. So it's like I'm stuck in that loophole. Um, but who are you looking, what are you looking forward to? So, um, I'm looking forward to now, not that I'm a huge fan of this guy's music. I think a few of his last releases haven't been amazing, but in hearing some of his features lately and the latest song he dropped this week would be Big Sean's album, Detroit 2. So Big Sean's been around for like, I want to say since 2010 and he was a high up and comer up-and-coming artist who had some records on the radio like um, I Don't F With You was a big one. Um, I feel like there's a few others there. Marvin and uh, Chardonnay. But he's kind of fallen off in the mainstream realm and in general hip-hop discussions. But his latest song called Deep Reverence featuring the late Nipsey Hussle was amazing. And... Produced by Hitboy again. I swear, Hitboy's having a, a year. And I'm excited to see what Big Sean will do with Detroit 2. Being a sequel to a very popular project of his, Detroit 1, which was great back in the okay. day. I think 2012 release. That was great. That was when Big Sean was at the top of his game, 2011 to 2015. And since then, he really hasn't been as big. But, no pun intended. But now, <laughs> looking forward to his next project, which drops... At the time of this release will be in four days. So September 4th. Big Sean is one. Benny the Butcher, excited for his album. I think it's in September, October. But I'm looking forward to what he does next. Because his last album was crazy. The plugs I met. Yeah, I listened. You you sent that to me. And crazy. I loved it, actually. So good. Listen to it all in one shot. Yeah, oh. some good stuff. And, I mean... I'm looking forward to Kendrick Lamar's next album. He hasn't dropped an album since 2017, so I think three years off is a good Ooh. time to release something, but he's been so quiet. No one knows what he's up to. He might have a finished album in the stash that he's sitting on and just waiting to drop. I, I think it's going to be a surprise release, to be honest. I don't think he'll announce a release date 
if he does, it'll be like album out next Friday. So one week notice, which is what I'm hoping happens or a surprise release. I don't want him to say he's dropping an album and it's out in like two months. Mm. I'll still be excited for it, but I think same surprise release is the way he's going to go. That's just my gut feeling. That's fun. I, I wish movies did that, yeah. but you can't because you can't, of all the money yeah. they make and stuff. But that'd be awesome. Like, oh, surprise! Ne- next week, Thor number four. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that, now yeah. you said something else earlier that I want to ask. Um, Benny, the butcher. Yeah. No, I for I'll, I'll I'll come back. I forgot. Okay. Um. Flatbush Zombies excited for their next album. Like they dropped an EP this year, which was all right. I mean, it wasn't fantastic. Which I had higher expectations for it coming off a great album in 2018. So two years off. Thought they were going to have a better project, but we'll see what they do next. I still have hope for their next album. Um, those would be the ones I'm looking forward to right now. I remember what I was going to say. Uh, you're talking about Big Sean, like isn't that exciting when someone's like was super high up and then he his his fall his downfall but then like he's got hope for like a comeback i yeah. love that storyline absolutely love it people love a good comeback right? yeah it's tiger woods oh um, that was magical yeah. that masters win yeah um and then you look back at his career later on you're like yeah and then he came right back and dropped this album and yeah. i love reading about that stuff 100 yeah. percent. so that that's kind of what Nas did with this mm. album as well right and uh logic like i said and a few others so we're getting a lot of that this year like hit boy who produced so many big songs in early 2010s but hasn't been as big at all the last few years but now he's really coming back and he actually did some songs possibly a whole album which would be amazing with benny the butcher so i hope that is the Mm. case that they actually did like a full six seven song tape and we get that that'd be unreal but we'll see um i'm now new music's finally starting to come out more, which they, there wasn't that much great music out this year in hip hop anyways, up until now. So I'm happy that the fall wave is in effect. So excited to see what will come out. But yeah, that's like all I had for music prepared. No, that's exciting. I didn't like half of the artists. I didn't, I didn't know half of the releases coming up, but I mean, you're going to let me know if they're great and I'll listen yes. to them. So no, it's gotcha. ne- it's never a bad thing. I lo- music to me is like movies i'll watch all the new stuff and explore but music i'm super tentative like i'm i'm a little scared to listen to new music and it's uh i'm way less knowledgeable than you are so i really appreciate when you like guide me in the right direction yeah for sure yeah recommending stuff yeah well like i don't really keep up with a lot of the new artists to be honest like i i kind of fall victim to the judge a book by its cover Mm. trap with some of these new artists who I see their age and just, I might hear one song of theirs and write them off as like a, a TikTok star or whatever. But that's the proof is in the pudding in that a lot of these new artists nowadays coming up don't have longevity and they they'll drop a, one big record that you'll hear everywhere, like on Twitter or whatever that becomes a number one hit on the radio. But everything they drop after that is just, kind of more of the same and to my opinion shouldn't even be labeled in the same category as other rappers that I listen to so it's like I'm not on top of everyone's music but Mm -hmm. the good artists I want to say like the lyricists and stuff I'm definitely aware of so yeah I'll definitely keep the recommendations coming accordingly but there'll be no 
little Tekka recommendations on my end. Or I was gonna say, like, shoot me a couple names of these overrated, like, so S- ski mask. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, who, yeah. who the heck is that? Ski mask, the slump god. Oh, okay, okay. Slim pickings for names nowadays. Okay. But okay, so a prime example who actually kind of enjoy his music is Da Baby. I don't know if you ever heard his music. I judge him completely based on his name and Little Baby. Same thing. So wasn't a fan of theirs just because of their names. Names, but then I actually got into listening to their music and Da Baby, for example, I'll use. Actually had one solid album and then his first official debut album, Kirk, was pretty good. Like I actually enjoyed. I'd say the first half of it. But then like some of the songs start to become hits on the radio. And then he, for some reason, felt the need to drop another album like four months after. Ooh. And it was absolutely terrible. Wow. Again, same kind of music. No switch-ups at all in his style or rhyming patterns and what subject matter. And then dropped another album this year. Like a deluxe edition of that same album, but it had like 10 new songs. So that's pretty much a new album, in my opinion. And now he's, in a, in the span of a full year, maybe a year and a half, he's gone from superstar up-and-coming artist to someone no one wants to hear from anymore mm. because he's released too much of the same sounding music. And unless he switches up his style, starts rapping about different content... I'm not checking your new music. I didn't even listen to the new deluxe edition of Blame It On Baby, the new album. So, And that's an important lesson is like, don't flood the market right away in a year with the same stuff. Yeah, it's the future effect. It's like Marvel in movies. Marvel did it perfectly. What if Marvel had released that amount of stuff in those like a movie every month? We would be, they, we would be sick of Marvel if that had happened. Yeah, I think so. A too. movie a month? Yeah, yeah. people would have been tired. Maybe not me or you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, agreed. But yeah, anyways, the baby he has solid verses and all, but I'm not really excited for his next project. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of others that I barely know, like T Grizzly, um, you something you. <laughs> and I don't. Know. All right, I get the point yeah. though. It's <laughs> exactly. horrible names. Uh, Pretty much. Uh, you want to get into some sports talk? Yeah, like that was. Yes, I do. Yeah. T Grizzly it up for us. Tee it up. Yeah, like we had the exciting news like a while ago that okay, the NHL play. We're gonna mostly focus on the NHL. Mm-hmm. The NHL was uh the playoffs started like the the round robin and the qualifying rounds, which come on like how could you not be excited for as a hockey fan? They're gonna play in two arenas. Therefore, we get what? Like, we were getting four or five games a day on TV, and it was that to me, that was hockey heaven. Yeah, they were playing with no fans and in the bubble, but I loved it. I could, I literally woke up before work, like at one or two in the afternoon, and could watch TV all the way up to 6 30 when I had to leave for work. It was just like heaven. A game ends, a next game starts. I loved watching the games. Um, but like yeah i'm saying there were no fans it was a little weird at first now i don't even like notice it like what do you think of that the, the playing in the bubble same here i mean it was weird at first but yeah. i can only imagine it's so much weird for the players for me the fan experience is kind of cool just to see how much they get to enjoy the celebrations and how loud it gets in there but as a viewer from home 
yeah, I've I quickly got over it and uh, not mm-hmm. a not a big deal to be. I was just happy. Same thing as you. Super happy to have hockey mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. 12, 12 p.m. starts all the way up to like 1030. And um, that was fantastic. And we got some great hockey as well. I don't know. How many series did you watch? Like, did, were you up to date on almost every series for the qualifying round and stuff? Yeah, except maybe the few night games, like at 1030, yeah, which are the teams I want to watch the most because I don't know, like Vancouver, now I'm watching them mm-hmm. religiously, but they're an enigma to me. Like, I don't know all their players and yeah, so I was watching, but though, like the, in the East, I was following all those series pretty closely. Like Toronto, I was, I kind of wanted Toronto to win, Um, but only to ask this question to you, would would the crowd have made like would Toronto have won with the crowd if there was uh, you could say that about any series though like the crowd uh, effect would be but huge but the Toronto's like and the Montreal and Toronto crowds like i think changed the games the most yeah i would say like other there are other fan bases okay. that their fans would have a greater impact like Winnipeg is oh. a rowdier arena to play in. Like, let's say they were actually playing games in Winnipeg. Counts. Toronto, yeah. people criticize the atmosphere in the arena that it's all, like, corporate suits who get to pay to go see these games because the tickets are overly overpriced mm. and tough to... Not accessible yeah. to the the hard, the true hardcore, let's say, like, blue-collar fans. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. It probably would have made a difference. I do agree on that point that... But I'm saying it across the board. Maybe not as much for like Florida. But Columbus, like it gets rowdy in that arena with the cannon effect mm, as well. Calgary. I don't know if it would have changed the series completely. I think Toronto was outworked. People love to say outcoached as well by torts. I was thrilled to see Toronto lose. Mm. Would have been furious if they had won the lottery though. But happy that did not work out in their favor. Um Calgary 2's home crowd is insane. Yep, yep, so for sure. Uh, um, how about Vegas? I'm like a huge Vegas fan, and I'm loving every minute of like watching them play. And Mark Stone's like, like I said before in the Sens episode, crushed when Mark Stone got traded. And now he's one of the huge reasons why I love uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And I just love like watching him play. I agree. Um, Watching Vegas yeah. play and um, is definitely some. They're an amazing team to watch. And it's crazy to say only three years in the league, but are now a, a Stanley. I've always been yeah. really a Stanley Cup contender. Made it to the finals in their first mm-hmm. year, right? So now they're fun to watch. They um, don't really have a superstar on their team. Just th- four deep lines. Like obviously Stone's a great player. I'd say he's a star in the league for sure. Not a superstar but though. I, a superstar. I agree. I agree. And not like some Vancouver players. Yeah, exactly. Vancouver mostly has superstar, young well, budding superstars. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like Pedersen and and Hughes. Hughes like even Besser is a great yeah. player. Bo Horvat's great, and oh, Markstrom yeah. is an amazing goaltender as well. But uh, in that series, well, I, I, yeah. So before <laughs> we get into analyzing future series, because I think we we should talk about what's actually happening okay. at yeah. this time. So at the time of recording, which is Friday, August twenty seventh believe uh, there's 28, a 28 28 there's um stoppage or postponement in play for the um everything that's going on in the in states Wis- right now in wisconsin yeah the the shooting in wisconsin basically which i'm happy to see the nhl players decide to be a part of to show support and to not play for now they decide to not play the Thursday and Friday, and then they'll they'll resume to play tomorrow, so Saturday, August 29th. But 
I want to say that I think it's a great initiative that they're doing this that to show that this is so much more important than our getting our sports back. And if you are a sports fan that thinks that this will not change anything and that um, sports is an escape from all of the issues mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. it's um, couldn't be further from the truth because... They have a platform. These are human beings. And how can you expect them to focus on their jobs and all these things are going on in the world? And to be a part of change, you can't just be silent. You actually have to take a stance and force everyone to have these conversations that by not having sports on, everyone's engaging in these talks and questioning whether our um, social... Uh, systems in place are um should be mm-hmm. question which they are i believe no no like everything you said is very good and like i just want to say like i was at work uh wednesday night i work at night when they announced like the nba was gonna postpone their three games and i was talking to a co-worker who was who, who won't be named who said like ah oh, this is bullshit why why what do sports have to do with politics he says they shouldn't be together and I, I literally told him, I said, human rights are more important than sports, like, by a thousand times. Like, this is bigger. Like, he didn't know what to say when I said that. When I'm like, yeah, human rights are more important than sports. And he was just, he was silent and walked away. And he, he had no arguments for me. And what you said about the players, what are the players thinking? Absolutely. Like, you can't. All the NBA players were like, we can't, they're, they're distraught, they're destroyed by what's happening. And and then like even the NHL players were texting each other on Thursday going like, oh, we shouldn't like, I don't think we should be playing. And they had some like, Matt Reeves was like texting um, the defenseman from uh, Kirk, And they were like, they had like, a lot of players had meaningful conversations and like, what should like. They all did the right decision, basically. And it should have been done the Wednesday night, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was too late. To, uh, the games had just started. Well, the other thing I was going to say was, uh, the, instead of watching the hockey, having that conversation, like you said, that's what, uh, like, Kelly Rudy said that on C- on CBC. He said, like, yeah, I'd rather be, like, at home having a conversation with my kids because they probably don't understand the full, like, spectrum of what's going on they're a little younger and it's super important to educate the younger generation on this um because they probably don't really understand what's going on like the scope of what's going on and it's stuff that happens now will impact the next 10 20 30 years Mm -hmm. and it is very serious too because it's absolutely like heartbreaking what happened and keeps happening exactly like behaviors that were acceptable back in the day that were never acceptable to begin with are now finally beginning to be questioned. And that's like you hit the nail on the head there is that we need to educate ourselves and the younger generation who will be brought up on hopefully better mm-hmm. morals mm-hmm. and um, values. Like exactly. And like, yeah, you won't change a an old person's stubborn mind, but like it's the 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 young the kids these days and teenagers are so like can be so affected by like like you don't want them brainwashed on like poor values and you need they need to be taught right and like seeing all this and like this NBA and NHL and even some uh, major league baseball games getting canceled like that captures the attention like mm-hmm. people that don't watch the news will like are fully aware of what's going on so it just brings it to like 
more light gets brought to it, which is amazing because people need to know about it. Because, like, imagine no sports boycott. Half the people would probably not even be aware, or a lot of people wouldn't be aware of it, of the events in Wisconsin because they just don't pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. So, no, I'm keeping a close eye on the news. Like, what's it's very interesting to me, like, historically, like, for I like history. So, like, it's like I'm witnessing history right now, and these events will be remembered. And I'll look back and say, oh, yeah, like, it all started with this. So, hopefully, it brings on a lot of change. Yeah, I hope so too. And hopefully a certain moron gets uh, not reelected. But that's all I'm going to say on yeah. that. I think we got. We'll uh, be here all day. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, well said, Matt. And uh, I think we made our stance clear on everything that's happening right now and uh, can move on, I mm-hmm. think, to uh, like going back to now yeah, the hockey, hockey yeah. will start up again, right, on Saturday. So. Yeah, who do you like? I the thing is, I like a lot, almost one team in every series. Okay, and that's been the case for me in every matchup so far. Is that I've always cheered for one team in every series, basically. So in the East, I'm going for Tampa over Boston. I'm going for Philly over the Islanders. Ooh, going for Vegas over Vancouver, and. The other one, uh, Colorado, Colorado over Dallas. I, I really hope Colorado can pull through. I think they're the better team. To that's be honest, a but that's an it's been inc- a crazy series. Yeah, they that's have, a series I'm keeping an eye on. They Go all ahead. have been great, except yeah. like Philly Islanders. I think has been the most boring one. Yeah, like but. one side, like that they did come back three three, and then they Philly won an OT that last yeah. game. But yeah, no, it was definitely one sided play. Um. Tampa is if Tampa wins the next game, it's a wrap against Boston. I think. Uh, I thought my call going into it was that this would go seven, but now I don't know. Boston needs to win the next one for it to go seven. Otherwise, I think it's Tampa and five because they're rolling right now. If yeah. you watched uh, Wednesday's game, there they destroyed Boston. Yeah, seven to one. Yeah. I loved watching Tampa play. I'm like, where was this like last year and the year before? Yeah, because they're so talented. Like you look at them on paper. And I'm loving Sergachev. I have a newfound appreciation for him. I love him. And Braden Point always knew he was great. And I keep thinking, oh, if Stamkos is on the power play, it'd be even deadlier. And, uh, well, my boy Kucherov. Yeah, Kucherov. (laughs) He's kind of frustrating to watch, though. He he gets his points, but he'll... I kind of question his um, commitment to the game and passion at times where he'll... He'll His disappear. Yeah. yeah, lack of effort. Yeah. Exactly. I but totally agree. The skill is all world, and that's the thing. Like say, he ended this seven-one game with like four points, a goal, three assists. Did he play fantastic? I don't really remember him standing. Like Sergeyev definitely stood out in that game. Points did his goal. Points been amazing. Yeah. I think Tampa's best player. Oh, absolutely. In the playoffs so far. But no, they definitely. I think that if they win against Boston, or I think the team that wins out of Boston, Tampa is going to the finals. I don't see Philly mm. or the Islanders beating Tampa or Boston, right? Like if you Islanders, watch, Islanders are a mystery to me. Like I don't great coaching, and I look at their players, but I'm like, man, they play well together, yeah. or like they're they're all on the same like like rate. Um, they're all in the same like mental state. Like we're all going to do this uh, wavelength. That's what I want to see. They're on the same wavelength. Like it's like, they think like a hive mentality. We all have (laughs) to commit to playing this way. And I love it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And also, okay. So Kucherov, 
he'll get his four points, and then you see McKinnon get his four points, but then you watch both of them play, and it's night and day. Yeah, McKinnon's everywhere. Yeah. Best player right now in the playoffs because McDavid's not there. Uh, I love watching Colorado play. Rantanen, love watching him yeah. play too. Uh, Makar. Makar's unreal, man. He's, oh. he's insane. Yeah, he's one of the top five best defensemen probably. Which is crazy to say as a rookie, right? But uh, he'll... I think he'll he get will there be at some five. point yeah, for yeah. sure. But it, like, it's not that crazy to <laughs> no, say. He does it all. Skates, hits, yeah. defends well, scores, assists anyways. But no, he's fantastic. He's leading the playoffs in plus minus as well. He's a, he's a heck of a player. Mm-hmm. And I hope Colorado can win the next one because they, don't want, they can't go down 3-1 now. Well, yeah. Dallas is scary. They're they're sneaky good. Yeah, well said actually. Because yeah. like Tyler, I watch Tyler Sig. I never know if which one I'm gonna get when he's on the ice, like the amazing one or the lazy one. Yeah. But then I look at Dallas's defensemen and I'm amazed. Like Heskinen he's and amazing, yeah. Klingberg and Hudobin's playing really well. I did not see that last game that Colorado won six four. So I don't know what happened there. Like if it was like a blowout or if it was close the whole game. I think it was, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I think it was leads blown left and okay. right. So Colorado went up two nothing, I think, and then it became three or four two Dallas, and then Colorado okay. came back. Wow. I might be a little off it's, on the score. Exciting. There, yeah, no, apparently it was an amazing yeah. game. And Kadri's playing really well. Like yeah. not a, not the biggest Kadri fan, but we're seeing what Toronto wanted from him pretty much, and like Don Cherry praising him yeah. since his junior days. Because uh, it's from the GTA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually loving that Kadri's doing well Good. for the Colorado. Yeah. Screw the Leafs, okay. man. Oh, that's true. It is a big, like, saying, hey, look at what you could have kept. Yeah, exactly. Kadri's an amazing shutdown. Just keep your head cool, and yeah. he's great. Exactly. Um, Vegas, Vancouver, who are you going for in that I'm one? torn. Yeah. I Either wins, I'm, I'm super happy. Because I have a newfound appreciation for Vancouver. Because I actually get to see these players now, and I love it. Yeah, they are Quinn great. Hughes. I heard a lot about him. Now I get to watch him play. He's nasty for sure. Yeah, and um, I'm going for Vegas. Like I said, Oof. I mean, I still like you said. I, I like their players and all, but I'm still. Um, I'd like to see Vegas get it mm-hmm. done for stone there and uh and leonard come on leonard exactly. that's a big yeah. big comeback we could, the whole flurry leonard thing there's a lot of controversy yeah which and, is crazy uh, I, uh, like they basically like people saying one thing and then but that's not what we're seeing by their actions and the whole mm-hmm. we're not gonna get into that but i'm happy for leonard though i gotta say i'm i am happy for him Never hated the guy. Just knew he had a temper, and now he found out he yeah. got over his problems. So, yeah, which what must have been a crazy hell battle of a battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you love to see that. Like that's another comeback story. That seems mm-hmm. to be the theme of the pod: is comeback stories. No, they're, they're so exciting to watch. Yeah, that could be the title. Actually, it might to work something around that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope he can find a home in Vegas, and I hope he get because he's an unrestricted free agent again this year after having an amazing Vesna Trophy nominated year last year with the Islanders, and then doesn't get a contract with them, gets a look with Chicago, doesn't work out, gets traded. Looks like he might have found a home in Vegas. I'd like to see him get like three to five years in Vegas, and he's still late. Tw- I think he's twenty nine or something, so he still has many years left in his career. Hopefully, there so. 
let's uh, let's hope he can find some stability professionally and in his life as well. I hope he can just keep everything going and um, keep winning and being his best self. But now we're getting some great hockey. It's been great since the return. What were your thoughts on the lottery? Like out of the okay, teams yeah. that were eliminated, who was there a team that you? cared to see win or a team that you didn't want to see win thoughts on new york winning i mean i the only reason i like new york the new york rangers winning the pick is because i did not want the others to get it the others meaning pittsburgh edmonton or toronto edmonton's ruined so many first rounders like first overall picks it's disgusting it's like i think it would have been wasted in edmonton maybe not this year with who's going to be number one overall but Edmonton, I'm sick of them getting everything. Yeah. Toronto, I don't want to see any. I don't want Toronto to be good. Like, it's like Toronto, I love to hate them, but like I kind of like like when they win too. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, the Frank def- Gallagher of the NHL. <laughs> there you go. That's really well said. That's how I feel about Toronto. Hate them one minute, and then I feel sorry for them. I'm like, oh yeah, Toronto's winning. And then like half my neighbor. <laughs> Half my coworkers and neighbors are happy because they're Leaf fans. It's good to see, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh, I didn't want to see. Pittsburgh had enough success. They don't need uh, Lafreniere. That would have been crazy. The Rangers, though. Like, what an awesome place to play. Oh, yeah. Huge city. Great fan base. I'm excited for the Rangers. Zaba- like, I'm excited for Zabanajad now. He had a great season. And Panarin. And Your dad's going to be thrilled. Yeah. The French Connection. Oh. Little bump there. Um, can't do worse than last season <laughs> sorry he sorry. might not I'll tell him to listen to this so we mentioned him <laughs> but yeah I mean did you read up did you watch the lottery live like, did you nope. see the guy I saw the, the clip ball? that's just too funny I mean that it could be rigged and I wouldn't be that surprised to be honest to get a young superstar prospect in Biggest market, yeah. Biggest market, exactly. Richest team. And now LA also has the second overall pick, so Mm. those two clubs are going to get back into contention and relevance. See, so yeah, it's good for them. And I'm I'm fine with New York winning it, to be honest. For the same reasons you just said, there I would have lost it if Edmonton, Toronto, or Pittsburgh won. Even like there were a bunch of other teams I didn't want to see win: Florida, Winnipeg. I was hoping Minnesota would win, to be honest. They've never had a first overall pick, not that I know of. But they I don't remember the last time they had a superstar forward up front, other than like Marion Gaberick, which I barely remember when he was even there. So that would have been cool, but New York is fine. But they're going to be lethal now. I mean, I think their rebuild just got accelerated a lot. That Georgiev and Nets too, right? That it's young Shesterkin, the other sorry, one. Sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. So, but still Georgiev as well, though. Yeah. So that's a good tandem. Or if they trade Georgiev and have Lundqvist as the backup to Shesterkin or whatever. So good position to be in. If like if the Leafs would have won, they I think they would have had to trade. Like They just traded Kapanen a few days ago. They would have traded a bigger name because you can't have all these superstars like a Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, and now Lafreniere in there. Mm-hmm. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Exactly. They're the living proof that adding all these stars does not guarantee success in the playoffs. If anything, it's been their downfall, and now they need to climb back uh, by shaking things up. So we'll see what the Leafs end up doing. And like you said, it is good for the league when the Leafs are relevant and stuff, but I still don't want to see it. 
But I'm also still like, ah, good for them. But it's weird. Frank Gallagher. It's, it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. No, I have no shame in admitting that. Like, that I have a little soft spot for the Leafs. Maybe because I feel bad for them. So who do you think out of the remaining teams? Who are we going to see in the finals, you think? We're going to see Tampa Bay and Vegas. Okay, that's what I think too. Like, that's what my brain's saying. Because, like, Tampa Bay could pump Philly or Islanders if they close out Boston. So. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. And Vasilevsky's great. Like, they got the goalie to win. Yeah, I'd like to see Col- – that's the thing. There's so many teams I actually like yeah, who are fun. here. It's so fun. it's it's not really a – it's a win-win situation for me unless the finals are Dallas versus the Islanders. Those are the teams I want to see. I guess Boston too. But then again for Zach, he'll be pumped. So, But yeah. still. There's only one team in the West you wouldn't want to see in the finals. Like Dallas, you don't yeah, – yeah, you don't mind. Yeah, me too. I've never been a fan of Dallas. Sigging, I hate Radulov. I hate Radulov. Yeah. Can't stand him. Uh, but I do like Ben. Yeah, I don't know. Ben, Ben's like, good. Dallas is a freaking enigma, like like you said. Like, we don't know. But they also have, like, g- good players that I like. Like, I've had Sigay in fantasy right, hockey for, right, like, five right. years. Forgot. And Heiskanen's great. At Klingberg's still good. Jamie Ben. Uh, uh, hints, hints is good. Hints is good, yeah. yeah. So... I mean, it's just good hockey, and we're blessed to... I'm just... Exactly. We're just happy hockey's back. Yeah. We get to enjoy it. Would uh, like to do another NHL pod post-draft, though, so that'll be okay. works. Especially when, like, we know who Ottawa's drafted and yeah. stuff. Maybe get a, a big owl back on here. We'll see. That'd we'll be see. great. We'll see. Can make an annual tradition, you know. There you go. State of the Senators Part 2. Maybe we get French Connection. There you go. Hey, I'm still. I'm just He's waiting. He's in our, on our fantasy pool. I'm gonna have to text him, ask him if he wants to come on. He will eventually. If I bug him enough, he'll come on. All right, we'll bug him more. Okay. Let's get him on here. Um, that would be entertaining. Yeah. Oh yeah. His opinions on the sins or another topic. Yeah. Oh, we would we would push his buttons and then we just <laughs> let him like sit back and let him talk and just like laugh. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had for sports. Really, they're like. Yeah, the only other only other sports thing is like I'm glad the Blue Jays are playing really well and like decent, and it's fun to watch them again because they're all younger now. That's all. Yeah, yeah, nice. It's renewed my passion for watching the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, good. Uh, Guerrero Junior. Yeah, uh, Guerrero Junior, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, uh, Guriel. Like, they're it's an exciting lineup actually, and their pitchers are all super young. Their bullpen's young. It's really fun. Okay, nice. You have to get a baseball pod done one of these days. Yeah, like wait three, four years when they're like really, really good, and then we'll. Uh, okay, revisit. everyone will be back on the Blue Jays bandwagon too. I feel like they'll they'll be that hype. Right. So. Which is good. Like it's I'm not it's a exciting. huge baseball guy myself, but it was still fun when all the, the game we were always watching the games there when the Blue Jays were on their run. Yeah. The oh okay. Yeah, the right. playoffs are super exciting in baseball. Yeah. Any like miscellaneous little notes you just wanted to drop in there, like stuff that's going on with you or like different things or not really. I mean, I've been super busy recently and work is work. Like basically my week flies by and before I know it, the month's over and I'm like, where has the time gone? And I try to cram in as much stuff as possible. But the last few weekends I've been really slowing down actually. And just like having those like, 
three, four hour chunks of time where I just sit on the couch and watch TV shows, watch Shameless. So nice. I've been like relaxing my body more and not being go, go, go all the time. Shamelessly just sit on the couch Shame- for seven hours and just yeah, chill. All night too that, sometimes. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's great for my mind and body and stress levels. And I recommend it to anybody. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. agree. Not all the time, but pick your moments. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for sure. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Me too. It's pretty much the same thing. They're like month. The summer flew by, which is crazy. It's been such a different summer where I've still done a lot of stuff. I feel like, but not even close to as much as in previous summers. But still, it's like where does the time go? Like you said, the week's done now, then the month's done. So yeah, at the time this drops, it'll be pretty much September. So um, I just wanted to throw in that I'm um, getting back in the reading game. I have like five books on my um, nightstand that I'm getting through slowly. One, anyways, I'm reading American Gods. Have you seen that TV show? I You're going to laugh. Like I actually read the first three chapters of that book, put it down, never gone back to it. So I was very into it. I just completely escaped my mind. It's still like, I still have it at home. Dude, it's how, so, how good is it? It's such a grind okay. to get through. It's not like okay. I'm, I'm 400 pages in and I'm not even convinced. Like, okay, good. Cause I, it's so weird. Maybe that's why I put it down because I remember going, okay, I'll get back to it. Oh, Okay, man. good. It's super weird. And I don't even know if I'm going to want to watch the show, to be honest. Like now I have a bunch of other shows on the list. So unless it really – I'm more than halfway through at this so point. So you're going to finish it. I'm going to finish the book because okay. I've, I've gone too far at this yeah. point. I can't just pull it downhill like my dad did and just walk out. I got to just keep going, push through, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun to read again. It's a great way for me to like, relax a bit before going to bed. I read like 20 to 30, 40 pages and go to bed. But yeah, American Gods – actually, I don't know if I have it next. It should be around here somewhere. Yeah, you have The Uprising? Yeah, so this girl I went to high school with actually wrote and published a book called The Uprising. So my friend M. Gagnon, who will be coming on the show, M, if you're listening, locking you in for one of our next guests. And um, she's actually on the cover of the book. That's why I just gave her the name drop. So that's my friend M on the cover of the book. So a little uh, claim to fame right there. So uh, yeah, hopefully we can get our episode done. And what I wanted to talk about with... M and you in that episode would be like some mental health stuff, social media, um, workout. I don't know. A lot of stuff. I think there's a lot of topics we can get into. And one thing that could segue into that episode that I wanted to talk about with the three of us would be that lately I've been taking, I've been slowing it down a little on social media. And actually I took a full week off of shutting everything down and not going on social media because I felt like I was relying too much on and I'm still a victim of this, like always looking on my phone, see if someone's messaging me or what's going on and not really taking full advantage of the time with the people I was around. And it was kind of killing me like that. I always felt the need to reach out to people, be connected, couldn't fully enjoy and was stressing me out that like, if no one was texting me for an hour or something that I was like, what are they doing? Why aren't they answering back? Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, why is no one reaching out to me kind of thing? Cause I'm someone who out of my group of friends, like I'll organize a lot of the stuff for us and we'll normally reach out to more people. But, um, yeah, so that's something that I feel like I benefited from 
in taking a full break of and disconnecting. And then when I got back on like Facebook, for example, I had a bunch of messages from people and some people actually like reached out saying, asking if I was okay, which was nice. I mean, I was very nice. Thank you to everyone who did ask about me. And it was nice. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But, um, yeah, so it's good. And I, since then I've been taking one day a week, no social media, just Wow. Complete disconnect. So on oh Wednesdays, it's called me Mr. Wednesday. It's been my thing. Just disconnect on Wednesdays. And so then. no Facebook, Instagram, no, like no going on the internet, seeing what's happening. Well, oh, wow. okay. So I do go on the internet still. Like, yeah, <laughs> to check the hockey scores or yeah. whatever, but. And I'll read articles like on the athletic. It's an app I'm subscribed to there, but no, no Twitter. And, um, so those wow. would basically be the big three, like Twitter, Twitter Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, um, yeah, those are the big ones that I don't go on on Wednesdays now. So it's kind of counterintuitive if like we're trying to plan stuff and then people are relying on an answer from me and I'm not answering. But I think for me, it's important to just step away from my phone a little bit. And it's been great actually. And I think I should do even more of it because I'm still like even doing the pod now, like still looking at my phone a little too much. So that's something I'd want to talk about more in depth on a future pod. I. I just second that because I have lots, I'm not going to say it now, but I have lots to say on, on this subject, yeah, actually. Right like I could, I have my thoughts on it and I fall victim, same with you. And now like I have to shove my phone away when I'm watching a movie because I know I'm going to look at it. I know I will look at it. So it has to be within, uh, like I have to get up and go get it and I will pause. So no, I have lots to say on that subject and we'll just leave it at that. Awesome. I'm excited to talk about that. Okay, cool. So yeah, I am. Let's let's lock in the studio time and get her done. But yeah, that's pretty much like those are my miscellaneous notes, as I like to call them. Uh, Housekeeping notes, yeah. I actually do have another one, but I'll keep that for another pod. But All right. Some intrigue. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's good for. Uh, we did like this is our summer recap, basically. There, like, like I said, we hadn't oh, done an episode it. in a month, and we covered a lot of different topics. So. Yeah, a variety but, show. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Combo platter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any final notes? Not miscellaneous, but just comments for the audience. Yeah, I hope every listener is like doing it in a good place right now and is not stressing out and being too down about this pandemic we're in. And things things will get better. Um, and just everyone, everyone have a great right now. Like, have a great day and enjoy your enjoy the little things in life. That's advice I always give. You yeah. know. Because that's, why else are we here to enjoy? So, Well said. It's powerful stuff. It's true. Enjoy the little things. Mm-hmm. Don't We don't do it enough, I think. Mm, exactly. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two weeks. Have a great week. Have a great day. And yeah, peace.